0: Gents, welcome to the football pod. My name is Constantin Ekner, and please welcome my co-host
1: Abel Mizar. Uh, thank you for listening. And today we have uh, a very interesting show for you guys. We we just uh, you know obviously finished with the the Euros, and we're you know um, uh, much of the European season is is kind of just underway with the qualifiers. But uh, one uh, country where the season has been underway is the United States. So. We would actually, um, we have a guest who works in the US. He is the uh, goalkeeping coach of the New York Red Bulls of of the MLS. So um, today's guest is none other than Yuri Niminen from, from Finland. And our topic is goalkeeping and goalkeeper analysis. So please enjoy the discussion.
0: So Yuri, you have an interesting background and an interesting story. Um, I mean, if we look at your resume, you've been in a couple of countries already. You've been to Estonia, to Qatar, South Africa, and so on. Can you maybe tell us about how you got into goalkeeping coaching and how, like, what's your journey have been up to this point?
2: Yeah. So obviously, I was the first. I was first a player, goalkeeper. Um, playing in Finland um, in the lower lower levels, trying to trying to make it work as a professional. Um, played in a second league, um, earned some money with that, and but same time already coached. I started my coaching um, already when I was fourteen. First trying to trying to learn coaching and even I may say like sports science things to be able to develop myself. But very 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 early, I realized that I enjoy a lot. Uh, to share, uh, share what I'm learning and try with the other goalkeepers as well what I'm learning and and what I'm trying to do. So the, the, around those times, I already realized my my passion to to coaching and and wanted to be a help to the others that I never got myself. So so that that's the start of everything for sure. And and um, very early age, I was loaned uh, up north in Finland. Uh, so lived by myself since I was 17. There uh, was very very clear that I was there only for football um, and a lot of free time to to use to uh, develop myself, study, um, and and make trainings for the kids um, aside of playing at the same time. So it was it was very very early when I realized that um, I want to make a career as a coach. But that time there was no professional goalkeeper coaches really in Finland so I wasn't sure like how to make it and how to do it so I was thinking that I'm really grateful if I can play a couple more years just to get that understanding from field and and same time kind of try to create it for myself like is it part 50% coaching goalkeepers 50% working for a club um, in another task or, or how is it but but when the years went on and and also coaching developed in Finland and and I think I developed myself also and tried to create international connections a little bit at the same time. Um I realized that this goalkeeper coaching is something that I can I can really specify on and and make kind of make kind of difference on that um on that area. Mm-hmm. So I think I was like I was 24 23 when I got together with a really really good and in, like, inspiring coaching group in Finland in in club called FC Honka where where I was every day talking with the people and working, working with the people who, who were trying to achieve something, who were trying to create something different and, and push to the same direction. So also this, this group of people made me to understand that um, I have some kind of potential and, and there is a real need for, for what I'm doing or what I'm capable of doing. And, and now I finally also had a kind of channel to, to develop myself really with the others, not only by reading magazines or reading whatever um I can find or watch what's DVDs <laughs> at that time. Or, <laughs> so I, I really had a kind of source to to try to develop myself and and that that's how it opened up for for myself. And ever since I've been trying to to make it um outside of Finland. Um, yes. um, yeah maybe the main thing what comes to learning and creating a career is that um i felt like it's impossible to make it so that mm-hmm. that made me to work a lot for it and dream about it and and
1: no that's that's fantastically interesting because i feel like it's a pretty remarkable thing for a 14 year old or even a 17 year old to to have this sort of mentality at such a young age like um I mean, I don't know what Constantine was doing at at seventeen, and and no,
0: unspeakable uh, things.
1: Yeah, and, and we, we we'd rather not know. But uh, even for me, like, I mean, I I actually like I started coaching when I was around that age, but it was certainly not with the with the sort of um, mindset that that you you were talking about, and 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 I think it, it's interesting, like. You, you, do you feel like goalkeepers have this very driven mindset just because I, I, that, that was my experience with like, like like Peter Gulacci is a good example. Like I feel like he, he if you if you know his backstory, like he has this kind of, you know, like, do you feel like goalkeepers have this sort of special mindset just because of the position or, or maybe it's just a coincidence or, or like what was, what was it for you? It was just that you, it wasn't possible for you to, to, uh, get these experiences so you have to kind of create them for yourself or like I'm, I'm interested in more in the mindset.
2: Let's yeah, for for sure, for sure it's like that. Um with the goalkeepers, especially back in the days when it was considered so much as an individual sport mm-hmm. within a collective. So I'm sure that that also opened the doors for goalkeepers to to drive themselves and try to develop themselves in terms of physical abilities and 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 all that because they really back in the days in the youth teams they were really put in a corner with another goalkeeper <laughs> to do something so of course they you know you have to learn to carry responsibility about yourself and and how you use that time uh, um or let's say that how you don't waste that time um so i think that's that's where it's coming from with the, with the older generation you mentioning peter Kulashi or or if i'm thinking about myself back in those days there, there was absolutely nobody to help um mm. and nowadays of course the um the situation is way better all over the world, but still a lot to do. So
0: you mentioned that there, there wasn't really any goalkeeping coaching at the time. Um and, and you didn't mention the year. What what year was that about when, when you realized there wasn't really any coaching of goalkeepers or any organized coaching?
2: Yeah. Oh well, what year was it? I'm uh, so right. bad with the years, yeah. About uh, just thousand listeners, so they can have an idea. Yeah. Um, I say 2005 around those, okay. those mm.
0: times maybe yeah. But, but was it was it a general thing or was it more uh if, let's say a Finnish thing because the structures in, in Finland weren't that developed at the time? Was it more that you realized there wasn't ge- general as or there was something generally
2: lacking in football at the time? Mm, that time that time I didn't have any international connections. You know I was trying mm. to speak with the with the teammates and players who came from abroad. Um, how we it in the other countries but yeah i can only speak about finland really because I, I, I don't know of course now i started to to know about the history of goalkeeper coaching worldwide so then i can say that it wasn't really developed but that time i w- I only had a picture about my little micro environment uh, th-
1: that's the same consent in that like i can you know verify some like you know in, in hungary or living in the u.s in those times like it was a very kind of isolated way like you know you, you would watch the premier league on, on satellite tv if you were lucky and it was kind of pre-social media so you know maybe you, you saw some things but it wasn't like you know it wasn't like school
2: and other things yeah definitely yeah so at th- that time i didn't have we didn't have a computer with our family so i just took my bicycle and and drove between the fields to see what the the adult goalkeepers are doing so <laughs> it's just a completely different world. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: yeah absolutely i was also asking because i mean i find it interesting like you mentioned that at the time let's say in 2005 or so you know at the time uh there isn't any or there wasn't the, the kind of the type of goalkeeping coaching you see today you know it wasn't really there uh or it wasn't at least as sophisticated as it is today um but over time it became i guess more sophisticated and over the years you also grew into into kind of that field so uh how do you like what was your personal journey there also in terms of education um did you did you grow as fast as the, the field crew or uh, how would you how would you see that like uh, because I mean it's always intriguing to me if someone like works in something that's not as developed and then like over time it becomes more and more you know
2: mm, yeah I think first of all I, I was able to make difference with the kids and and women woman team and and whoever i coach just by being prepared being organized being creative um seeing some things in 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 dvd or something and thinking really thinking about it and developing to be my own so i think i had huge belief in what i do and the whole if it's a one hour 15 minutes session only with the goalkeepers i think was extremely prepared and and you know because I was hardworking person myself always as a player. Also, I think I brought that mentality in for the kids and everything and they enjoyed. So I think I think already that thing made made a difference. So for sure, I wouldn't do any of those things to keep the intensity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or keep it, keep it fun or keep it organized. Um, well, so, yeah,
1: why, I, why wouldn't you do those things? Can you just uh, give a couple of examples maybe of what you wouldn't do?
2: um so for example it was a lot about physical movements it's uh-huh. it was a, it was a lot about making it challenging physically or get mm-hmm. get a lot of repetitions for everybody when now there would be so much more um decision making it would be it, it mm-hmm. would be in a in a in a in the eyes of of a, most of the people it would be so much more simple mm-hmm. but but same time way more complicated to be successful within it because it's so yeah like we can go. I think we go into training method a little bit later. But but back then, back then it was really just being creative and trying everything. And but now I think it's more narrow, more more narrow, especially with first team, more narrow what we have to do because it's mm-hmm. up to prioritizing.
0: Maybe to round that out before we, as you mentioned, we we mm-hmm. can talk a little bit more about the technical aspects and maybe uh, the the methods. Um, I mean, I mentioned it in the beginning. You you had stops in in Estonia and Qatar. Uh, South Africa. You are now at 33. You're uh, you're working for Red Bulls New York or New York Red Bulls. <laughs> <Yeah>. I think <laughs> in Germany it's always called Red Bulls New York. I don't know why, <laughs> but um, so I mean you have been around. You have you know yeah you have become kind of a world traveler um, in your in your still young career. Um, what were kind of figures in goalkeeping coaching? You maybe you know, encountered or you, you, you have learned about who were groundbreaking in some, in some ways. I mean, are there any names people should know? Because I guess, because it's, it's more of a expert field, I guess some of maybe the experts aren't that well-known to the wider public.
2: Yeah. Um, so first of all, when I, when I really realized back in those days that what's the culture in coaching in Finland and what, what I want, what I want in my future, I think it became very very clear that every single moment and every single euro that that i can invest on on my self-development and creating my career and and really self-development that time i i have to go somewhere i have to go abroad but because i didn't have these connections i had to ask like who is doing a good job who is who should i talk with Mm. and and jarkko tuomisto another finnish Finnish colleague of mine is is super important person for my for my development and further going further in my life became uh, one of my best friends at the same time Um, so he was kind of mentor for me Uh, we worked together he hired me to to club where he played uh, where he coached Um, and later we worked together in Qatar as well so Mm -hmm. he became super important person for me and still nowadays like how to bounce ideas and and analyze things together um but but then uh, other than that trying to trying to go to goalkeeper coaching conferences first in italy because that was the only one at that time every year go there uh try to get connections uh try to get email addresses of people then from uh ex-players in finland ask what how was it back in that club or that club where did you played so then i made a like a little bit long, little bit longer trip to Europe to go to visit uh, Ajax, AZ Alkmaar, Heng, uh, Heng in Belgium, just because hearing that there is they are doing good job over there. The good goalkeepers are coming through in Heng in Belgium. Um, went to Portugal to see a couple clubs just to get a wider understanding about what is what's happening, and that's always been my style because first thinking about something or dreaming about something is is another story, but going somewhere to uh to see what is it really uh, and doing your own analysis about it it's a completely different story and and i did same already when i uh 2008 or 2009 i um i went to Argentina for for six months just to just to understand like is wh- what what do I want and what i'm dreaming about and, and to see a completely different kind of goalkeeper coaching culture so that was all, also way before I was so clear that I want to be a goalkeeper coach, but it was mm. with with an idea to understand: Do I really want it, and and all that? So, it's it's
1: interesting because like we we were talking uh, the other day with with you, kind of off off the air about uh, him uh, writing a book potentially, and I think he he was joking about it. But I think I think uh, based on sort of this last few minutes, I feel like there there really has to be a book that's uh, that's coming because of, there's so much. Uh, you know, so much to tell, and there's so much uh, self-sacrifice, and I feel like that's a, that's a common trait for for people who become successful at a field, and and I think you're you're obviously a, a, a really good example of that. So so maybe maybe we will uh, we will get a book out of this because there's certainly a lot of uh, material, and I think what you're what you're telling is 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 absolutely you know amazing in terms of the dedication that you're. That you're showing to to something, and so that's very very good to hear. Um, so I want to kind of turn to uh, the the uh, analysis training part of it, and um, with, with with sort of a, a question that um, I, I've been sort of thinking about, and I think you, you mentioned something about this uh, in the earlier part where you, where you were saying how you know there wasn't a lot of material about goalkeepers, or you mentioned that they're. They a lot of times like people thought that they weren't really part of a team, or they're just kind of like this isolated thing. And I feel like in some ways, in in sort of mainstream media or even Twitter, like they we we still think of of, of goalkeepers as like a sort of a different you know different uh, players on the field uh, to to put it mildly. And um, even though it's kind of the age for analytics and analyzing football, and we get you know. So much data and 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 videos and and numbers and all those things but i feel like that's that was one thing that i noticed is is even in major tournaments or other things is is would you say that it's the least understood position publicly in terms of goalkeeping or am i being too harsh
2: Mm, yeah can can easily be can easily be but of course i myself i don't follow that kind of yeah. media, so so more much. You're so smarter to, than us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I try to focus more on a specific things that I know that I can I can learn from. But yeah, I can say so. Of course, there's a little moments of frustration when when you're listening, in commentating or something. But same time, <laughs> it's it, it's op- opinions and and it's yeah. it's okay for me. And and now all the the TV channels and media they do they do better and better job by contacting us. Mm-hmm uh specialists to get the wider understanding for themselves but same time uh also wider understanding for the public so yeah definitely but it's it's also really really complex thing it's really complicated thing yeah no and and very understandable Mm.
1: you hit on something that's that's important is is the complexity and i feel like you know complexity and media is is usually like it's a tough thing to to tackle and uh you know it requires uh things that you mentioned before the the hours spent analyzing and sacrifice and whatever and usually people will just uh, take the easier way out which is uh having an opinion and um but 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 like you like you said the, the there, there is a, a very viable solution which is just ask the, the guy who does this for a living so hopefully we're doing that with with this podcast so um can you just for like the listeners and i think like maybe not all of us or certainly are familiar with kind of a, a day-to-day job of a goalkeeper coach and you know i think i think uh, there's there's not that much publicly available like mm-hmm. can you just kind of describe a typical sort of you know day or weeks or cycle for for, for us just quickly
2: yes absolutely And let me go let me go back in that little bit mm-hmm. um of course on the, on the analysis and the data. Uh, so yeah. when I when I first went to Estonia and my job was to be head of goalkeeping for the FA and the youth national teams. So that was really for first moment for myself when I was like, okay, so what should I do? How should I start? Because there was coaching education, there was youth national teams, there was um, uh, co- connecting with the other coaches in the country and developing the coach education in terms of goalkeeping. So first, first thing that I did was because there was not so much data available uh, to analyze all the goals from a couple of years that Estonian national teams conceded from under fifteen to first mm-hmm. national team to understand what what is it that they're facing, and that was really eye opening experience for me to to analyze that and make conclusions and make the strategic plan how to approach this thing and put heavy emphasis on on. On fixing the things that I found or mm-hmm. ever since realizing that these things the coaches in general doesn't do but they are still repeating in the games all the time yeah. and these things all of the coaches are doing so much and this is not really what's happening in the games mm-hmm. so that game that like that year really clearly clar- clarified for me uh, what's my mirror what's my my main what principle mean- and
1: Give us an example of, of of like something that like let's say their your like coaches
2: would be training that doesn't really happen in the game or like I guess. Um, so for for example, yeah, leading leading to that what I just said about goals conceded. So so mm-hmm. many goals are conceded short that there is a short mm-hmm. distance between the ball and the goalkeeper. Not always the ball and the net, but ball and the goalkeeper. Once the ball is passing the goalkeeper and goes to the net, okay. And I see all the the trainings done from that distance focused on goalkeeper catching the ball. (laughs) But that never happens in the game. From those distances, uh, like, let's say, 10 meters, 10 yards, that never happens. Goalkeeper never really catches the ball when it comes from that distance. Okay, goalkeeper, it's important for goalkeeper to catch the ball when it's a cross or when it's a shot from behind the box uh, towards the goalkeeper. It's really important that goalkeeper is catching it. But from those distances, it's completely different principles applying. You have to be able to react, react quickly. You have to be able to stand with a good balance. You have to be able to close the space between your legs really quickly from that distance. And you have to go going expecting that all those things are well. Then you have to be able to deflect the ball to safe areas and recover quickly. Um, so even I think that's a really simple thing to understand yeah. when, you, when you look at goalkeeper training, for example. Or or mm-hmm. how much do you do building up, thinking that mm-hmm. in some in some games it can be ninety two percent of actions that it's it's uh, only distributing the ball, circulating the ball, building up, right. starting counterattack. and and how much do we really do it? So these kind of these kind of things, um, and we could keep going and going. I think. Yeah, but I think I think you, you
1: hit on something really interesting because it's like and, and in, in the videos and, and some of the things that you you do. Um, uh, in terms of the the coaching, what I see from you is always having the plan and and being consistent with with the style, right? And like 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 in the let's say you 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 made a video about buildups that have to in it. You have very clear concepts of you know when to offer support, when to find the free man, you know mm-hmm. who, who are some of the things, and and uh, yeah, like it, it has to make sense with with the style of the team, right? Like if you're if you're exactly. if you're go you know if your team is like you know has 25 percent possession and, and then so you know why would you change but 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 uh vice versa right if you're like uh, Manchester City or one of the teams that has 70 percent of the ball like maybe you know you do need to be coaching that more and, and not you know spend the uh, entire sessions just you know in terms of uh, different uh, saving
2: scenarios um 100 so- and sorry but also going 100%. that's why going to a new environment always you have to have a clear package, who are you and what do you, what are you able to offer to this new environment? And then the day one, you're able to ask those specific questions from the head coach or from the director or whoever, asking that, hey, do you want the goalkeeper to give this kind of support or open this kind of passing lane? Or what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Because you have those concepts. And then in in an environment, something is more important than the other. And and you have to be prepared to to offer whatever is, is required.
1: Yeah. And and I guess like the, the other questions I wanted to ask is, is, are there specific goalkeepers that you tend to follow or in terms of your analysis or are you like, do you have say like a folder where you say, okay, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm coaching, like if I'm going to coach for like a pressing team, then I need to be doing this kind of exercise or if I'm just going for like a you know, a, a team that has a lot of the possession, but doesn't do a lot of pressing, then did you like, go to like a different folder? Or like, how does that necessarily work for you in terms of the, the coaching? Thing?
2: Yeah, definitely. Like what comes creating folders? Yes. Uh, have to have examples from different kind of things that have to have a reference from top level always. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I really believe in that. But what comes to exercises, I'm, I have kind of a different way of, of creating my my daily daily exercises and daily work so basically i would say that i create everything again for specific Mm -hmm. training just to just to make sure that that it's better than last time of course Mm -hmm. there is a lot of similar things and only a small things are changing um, i guess because i think i i have made enough trainings during my life already to be able to understand what's yet what is yes and what's no but i think I create it every day kind of again to go in imagine the scenario in my head once again um going to the match images once again to check that it is accurate going to opponent analysis once again to see how is the situation really how is it developing what kind of challenges like that's that's my my way of working and and always walking to field to imagine if if all the rotations and and everything is working like in a way that I planned and I thought so that's my Going back to that question that I never answered—that's my mm-hmm. kind of daily, daily work. How I do it, and I—I I feel sometimes that sometimes this process is so easy, but sometimes right. it's so pain, painful for for a couple hours coming to mm-hmm. coming to a real decision what not to do. Because right, right, right. I think I think sometimes this is that's really the hardest question is what I or am not, not to going to up. do mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. and. Yeah, I, I tell a lot of my colleagues who ask advices on some things it, I think to be able to go a new level as a coach and and to be able to push the goalkeepers to a new level also in terms of training habits and widening their game, really have to be brave not to train something because mm-hmm. if you always do everything and you always keep the nice comp- comfortable feeling over there, do training you just don't have time to do everything that you, mm-hmm. you need to do in terms of expanding your expertise,
0: now you um, have talked about like kind of how to you know have the eye test and how to analyze. Of course, you your goal go uh, keepers, and how to assess them. And uh, as you just expanded on how, what to do and what not to do, and like kind of figure out your role and and also um, kind of the you know the the focus focal points of of coaching uh, or of of exercise of a training session. Um, I want to ask you something because we have. In the past, in our show, we had Tom Warwell on and David Sumter, so, so uh, some uh, some people in football who are one way or another involved in data analytics. And I was curious about, like, um, what kind of... Are you kind of, you know, using data to uh, for analytical purposes? Um, and also, because I haven't read much about it, like, what are the... Or in your opinion, or what might be the useful data points for goalkeeping? Because we... These days, we you know we discuss a lot about like uh, team analytics and all the kind of data points we we know now. Uh, but you barely read anything about goalkeeping data other than like I don't know safe percentage, which which is not a good thing uh, to to assess anyone. I think. Uh, so so what's your what's your view on that one on on data and goalkeeping?
2: Yeah, first of all, um, all the data that you see about team analysis is super crucial for goalkeepers as well, because that's what's happening in the game. That That is absolutely necessary for myself to understand what's happening, where we're going to, what direction the football is developing, all that. But of course, goalkeeper specific data is another story. And um, I think that's one of the weak points of mine. I'm, I think I've been trying and trying to get more use of data, but still haven't got so much like extra help from that side when I say so much, I think that there is more to get. Um, and I'm blaming myself about that, but same time, I feel like the data is, is always kind of the same that I'm thinking about daily. So these are the the number of actions. These are the main areas that opponent is attacking from. Um, so I think that's maybe the main, main thing is that going, going to an, New week, for example, doing the new opponent analysis uh, together with the analyst, analysis uh, department. Uh, so getting the confirmation from there, wh- what should we look first, like like from what areas the opponent is, is assisting their goals or mm-hmm. from what areas they're finishing or how is the pressure level or or these things. First of all, to guide the process a little bit, um, starting to analyze the opponents. Um, other than that, when you mentioned the save percentage and stuff, Actually, uh, we have a little group of goalkeeper coaches where we're trying to to focus on developing um, ourselves and each other. So with with this group, we try to do a system uh, how to develop uh, how to evaluate the goalkeepers and create like a performance num- number. But we we still couldn't really find the, the perfect way to do it. And there is still a lot of lot of, lot of things to develop, and the problem with that is that you always have to evaluate manually uh, every single action. And mm-hmm. you know, is it is it possible to save from which area it comes to to what category it falls to? Um, and now, if you have a if you want to have enough enough numbers, you need a lot of people to do the do the data. Mm-hmm. But now, it's if it's a subjective understanding of what is what category and what is savable and what is impossible it became it became difficult but i think anyways trying to develop something like that was was very very helpful helpful process
0: have you also looked into uh, post shot xg so post shot expected goals which is kind of like what what a lot of people now are looking at when when they try to to assess um goalkeepers yeah yeah
2: Yeah, absolutely Absolutely. is it helpful from your point of view um, I haven't found any use for that. Like, at the at the at the end, it's yeah, it's one All one right. interesting number, but it it's one interesting number, but then at the end, what what do I do with that? Like, yeah. if if I'm going to sign a goalkeeper, for example, I'm gonna go to every single right. clip anyways and do my yeah. own own perspective on those and and yeah we like in orlando pirates we developed also our own data and and that was one of the numbers that i was curious to get mm-hmm. but my favorite number maybe is is um the um what comes to building up is like how many how many play, op- opponents goalkeeper is able to eliminate oh, with his passing so like a packing thing yeah yeah, yeah by, exactly. by passing
0: progressive passing basically right exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> Interesting, uh, interesting and kind of fitting that you bring up build up because there was also something I wanted to ask you actually. <laughs> uh, because I, I think like I mean, yeah, safe or like the ability to stop shots is one thing. Um, but when we or when you look into goalkeeping and what's you know what's part of goalkeeping is of course also being I mean potentially being part of the build-up place and like um how is it for you and how do you approach your maybe your keepers and like kind of teaching them uh, in terms of build-up plays. Because, I mean, I think when you look at outfield players, the technical level is kind of, you know, quite, or the um, there, there is a narrow space in which all these people, all these players are operating technically, you know, from, 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 in terms of technique. Uh, but I think with goalkeepers, the range of, like, from good to bad passing players, for instance, is kind of kind of wide. And, you know, you, you, you even see that in the, on the highest level that there are some some goalkeepers who are really good who are might be, you know, close to being capable of playing outfield. And then you have some where I think like, yeah, I mean, they have basically not the ability to do anything <laughs> other than maybe play the short safe passes. So how do you approach like coaching build up? And is it more about technique, in your opinion? Is it more about decision making? Like, how do you approach it?
2: Yeah, spot on. I I, I have seen the same. And even in the environments where I've been, there is huge, huge differences. But but one reason to that is also the perception of if we play with this person, we can build up. If we play with this person in the goal, we cannot. So this gap is just growing and growing. And and it yeah. looks in TV or in the, in the matches that we all are looking, it looks even more dramatic, the difference, because with this guy, we don't even try. So even the center backs are not opening or, or something yeah. like that. And and that that's kind of wild, um, but same time there is already a couple teams in the world that they just believe in their identity and not going to to change it, change it, uh, do the do the player change. So would be would be wild for me to see uh, Barcelona chasing the playing style if one midfielder is not playing or one centre back is not playing. So I think that's where we should go with the goalkeepers also. That that everybody is able to execute a, a plan and now you just now you just talk about the little details who is able to eliminate more play, more players with their passes or who is able to be uh hide hide the pass with the left foot to right center back a little bit longer or or something like this um but, but also what I'm what I've been saying lately is that the new the new generation the next generation coming through the academies all over the world they are going to be one or two steps better with their feet because a lot of professional goalkeepers that play now in in the best main leagues in the world um they are older so they the building up game came to their life way later so now now it's more about who is being able to to catch with that um and i always say that the goalkeeper is also really really difficult uh, position because you have to have all the, all the skill sets of Center back, for example, plus the, all the defensive techniques and, and concepts of the goalkeeper. Um, but over there, I think the main, main thing is that the, the decision making, the ability to scan the field, to understand what's happening in the field. Um, and only then is the technique. But I think because a lot of things uh, perceive it other way around, that's slowing down the, the development as well because even the, yeah. even the little, little bit worse pass in terms of quality but at the right time to the right spot i'm sure that every coach wants to wants to take that rather than perfect ball technically but just a little bit late and just a little bit mm-hmm. uh, to wrong location so i think i think that that's also the answer how to develop it you have to put the goalkeepers to to the situations that they have to make decisions and, and they have to observe and scan the field and create relationships with between the players and be able to be proactive in terms of organizing, the, in helping and preparing them for that and introducing these concepts, for example, how to create a little extra space for co- for center back or how to commit the opponent player to mm-hmm. be able to open the passing line inside or outside. So So there is still... It's not only bringing the goalkeeper into the rondos or into the possession games or something. It is, it is also from goalkeeper training, building the progression to the collective exercises where, of course, it happens. The development happens, but they also have to be equipped and prepared to go there to be able to take maximum uh, out of those exercises.
0: And when you talk about relationships between the goalkeepers and the center backs, or the, let's say the goalkeepers and defense, you know, that the first three or four players in, in front of the goalkeeper uh, is also part of the relationship because I'm sometimes when I watch matches all over the world and like, of course, the level of goalkeeping, the level of football in general, the quality level which, uh, worries uh, quite heavily uh, when you watch different leagues and, um, and so on. But uh, is it also about like that the goalkeeper knows uh which which one is the stronger foot from from defenders and vice versa because sometimes you see like um defenses and goalkeepers like communicating quite well because like the goalkeeper plays to his left side at center back, but he knows that the left side center back is a right footer. So, you know, there's, there's a, the communication is much better. And then sometimes you see, like, it, it looks like they, <laughs> the, the, the teammates don't really uh, care about what the stronger foot is and like, wh- wh- you know, wh- where should where they should aim for what they should aim for. Um, And then, uh, and also right versa well, so with the goalkeepers, you know, like some goalkeepers have a better left foot and, but uh, they are, constantly uh receiving the ball on their right foot and then they have to readjust and that takes time and they are you know prone to pressing attacks and so on like is it also about that when you talk about relationships
2: yeah of course of course it's um it's in the, it's got that kind of um relationships how they manage their situations but there can be so many things in behind what we see because it can be also that that is a team team way of playing so that the plan is only to go to go to the left center back only to play it back to be able to move the opponent to create space somewhere else so that's why you're giving it to the back foot for example or um or it's the it's a communication between those two or or whatever there can be so many so many different reasons and and i hope that there's a reason i hope it's not only a coincidence and (laughs) why why that happens but but thinking about thinking about the collective strategies, there can be so many different things. But of course, of course, what, whatever is the the, the the team strategy, there has to be a ownership by by the players, so that they are talking about it and they are letting each other know what happens and letting each other know what the opponent is doing from their perspective and and all that to be able to identify things even in the course of the game and even not talking about the course of the season. Because you would expect a uh, a huge, huge evolution uh, during one season if you play alongside uh, a same player the whole year, but that's sometimes yeah. that's sometimes what is lacking. Actually, take the ownership and really discuss about those things and try to take them to the next level. And
1: yeah, it's it, it sounds like what you're kind of describing to us is sort of the ideal kind of learning curves and and developments and. How, you know, you're showing us examples of how having a plan and having sort of you know consistent principles or even like following a, a philosophy um is is a huge part of goalkeeping, which which seems to uh, and feel free to stop me if I'm uh mischaracterizing uh what you're what you're saying, but um and huge
2: part of football, first of all. Yeah, right? let's yeah, exactly. let yeah, isolate yeah. the goalkeeper, yeah.
1: And that's that's where I wanted to go to is right how how it's 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 a way of how you know the the top coaches in the world are are coaching their teams and naturally that that extends to goalkeeping and as as, as you mentioned it's as, as as no longer sort of an isolated you know mm-hmm. like as um I think Jonathan Wilson has this book called The Outsiders and I think uh, goalkeepers in general are kind of romanticized uh, certainly in certainly in the past, I think, because of just the nature of the position. And, you know, there's a lot of these sort of, you know, Albert Camus was, was a goalkeeper and sort of famous, you know, like, you know, like uh, you know, goalkeeper was the guy who used to wear the funny hat, like, like, like Levi Ashin <laughs> or, you know, or, or uh, Dula Grosic. And then, you know, so there was all these things. And, and I think it's interesting to see that how we are so far away from that and it's become much more an organic part of, of uh football and and coaching and it's and it's been really great to hear you um discuss that and 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 giving us um so much good insight into into somebody who's who's doing this at the at the highest level. So um just before we leave I, I kind of wanted to ask you some some questions about uh favorites and people and co- and, and goalkeepers you you like to watch or do, do you have uh I mean first of all do you even have the time to to watch, uh, and I'm, I'm obviously you're always watching with the eye that uh, you know maybe you're gonna need something for for your work or or, or uh, maybe you already have these kind of things. But but um, what what are you are there, are there any favorite goalkeepers that you you watch for for the work purposes and maybe like if you have a certain type of goalkeeper for a certain type of team, like you know you 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 say okay, well this is someone that. Uh, I think we we should we should do
2: should follow like do you understand what I'm trying to? Answer? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So first of all, then the main thing is to see is to follow my own league because I'm I just came into MLS, so I try to again catch up so as much as I can with the MLS players, with MLS teams, and. And also MLS goalkeepers. And same when I went to South Africa, that was the main focus to watch that league, um, just to be able to to know the environment, which is most important. But of course, there is there's there's taken, there for example. If I if I need to do a building up, um, mm-hmm. like de- de- development uh, thing, I'm of course going to him. Um, as always asking the colleagues, who should I watch if I'm looking at this mm-hmm. and that. So it's more it's more about that, like looking for something specific, and then thinking who is doing that, and talking to my colleagues who watch different leagues. Like who who should I watch if I if I want to find a good examples about punching the ball or <clears throat> or please update me if there is um, interesting ways to use goalkeeper in build up. Mm-hmm. So of course there's a period. and if you wanna if you wanna go to see uh, different kind of variations in build up. Uh I think it's good to good to keep Manchester City in your loop all the time <laughs> and mm-hmm. and create kind like, of a kind of a demand for goalkeeping, yeah. It sounds
1: like it's in that, in that respect, it's it's similar to like a match analyst or a co-trainer who you know obviously you don't have the time to keep track, so but so you have these kind of filters through networks or or people that you trust and you know, like I think, I think it'll be something where, like, okay, well, is there is there a team in Germany that that plays exciting buildup, and maybe you know we can look at that, and or maybe it's you know maybe yeah. it's like uh, I don't know, maybe it's Peter Bosch or you know Julian Pölzl or somebody like that. Yeah, that that's um, exactly how
2: it goes, and then you start to see, okay, where is this coming right. from, and okay, this was this coach was in that academy. Okay, so how right, did right. they play it and and all that. Mm. So, for example, when we did that analysis um, with the other coaches, mm, I saw Mendy who just moved to Chelsea mm-hmm. uh, first time. I never heard about him even. I was thinking, who is this guy giving amazing passes? I was just analysing the French League, all the goals conceded there. So that's how you also come across interesting names and interesting uh, styles or details when you when you commit to projects like that.
0: Now, we haven't had the chance to um, talk about the Euros today, but I think like that the discussion was, of course, fascinating because we're about to wrap up. But I wanted to ask you one thing, only one thing that came across, at least when I followed the, uh, the Euro, um, and that's Kaspar Schmeichel and his Danish catch. Have you seen that? <laughs> and is that something common anywhere else?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I know what we're talking about, yeah. So,
0: so basically for the listeners, if, if, if you're, you, I mean, you can check it out, like Danish catch is like basically catching the ball. You, you are basically uh, positioning your arms, your elbows, and your arms uh, right in front of your body, and you're catching the ball uh, basically below and under them, and then then it's. I mean, it, it looks like it looks fun, but it also looks like if it doesn't work, you're you're looking like a fool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Is it more for show, or are there any like new catching techniques or something? Uh, I'm not sure where it's coming from uh, because now you see a lot of clips about that in social media when you when you scroll around. Um, but the, I'm sure that every goalkeeper is being catching the ball like that just by coincidence also because it can be a kind of a natural way to catch it uh, if you're not sure if you catch it with your hands, like mm. like you catch the ball normally or you let it come to your lap. So, you know, there is this kind of a middle zone in between those two techniques that it's hard to to figure it out how to deal with that ball. And, and yeah, for me, it's, it, it makes sense that in some point, goalkeeper must do something like that because, like, Going, going more and more into the match analysis and what's really happening over there in the games, the techniques that that goalkeepers end up using are something completely else than you can see in the technical manuals. <laughs> uh, there, is, there is something that you can see in technical manuals, but there is a lot of things that you cannot see over there. Imagine the shot with the two deflections, for example. Mm. Yeah. So that we call that... Uh, the ecological dynamics when you have to adapt to your adapt to your environment and you have to have a capability of of coming up with the different solutions. What in relation to the demand of the environment? So I understand it. I, I completely understand it, and and I hope people don't misunderstand it, <laughs> so that it becomes it becomes one of those things that the uh, that the kids use time just practicing the technique or something. Uh, so. My conclusion is be ready to deal with with whatever comes towards you.
0: Yeah, I, f- I think like that sums it up quite nicely. And I also think like, uh, I mean, uh, Gianni Ricci Donnarumma uh, winning a play of the tournament. And I think, I mean, he is of course regarded as one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And he was one of the best players in the uh, in, in the tournament. And I mean, he won the, the, the award. And I think sometimes he looks also not. Like he does all the things conventional, but also <laughs> a little bit unconventional, but quite successful. And I guess mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's you know, I mean, if, if you win, if you don't con- concede anything, if you don't make any mistakes, and if you even uh, sometimes, you know, do some outstanding things, um, then I, g- I guess that gives you all the right in the world to do it the way you want to do it, especially if you are, you know, like Donnarumma or Kaspar Schmeichel and so on. I think you have proven yourself that <laughs> you're capable of doing these things uh, the way you want to do it.
2: Um, yeah, <clears throat> 100%, as long as you stay critical.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I think that also sums it up quite nicely because uh, I think you, uh, throughout your journey, um, and I mean, I mentioned it early on, it's still you're still young into your career. I mean, you have a lot of years ahead of you uh, in, in the goal ke- keeping, uh, goalkeeping coaching world. Um, and I think like staying critical and trying to evolve and, and develop your craft is kind of uh how we could sum up maybe your journey up to this point at least so um sheri it was great to talk to you uh great talking to you and yeah thank you for your time
2: thank you so much gentlemen was was a great pleasure and and we could go much 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 further with the things like you mentioned earlier but we have to be brave enough not to say something.
0: Of course uh, you are at uh, jury Niminen one on Twitter. I've, we put it in the show notes if people want to give you a follow on Twitter and I would encourage them to do that. Um, so and also they can of course um, check out you basically they can check out Europe by watching New York Red Bulls and you know just
1: <laughs>
0: how the team how the team does uh, in the MLS uh, this year. Um, and Arbe is at BundesPL. I am at CC underscore on Twitter. And if you want to support us, the football part, then please visit patreon.com slash the football part. And for now we are out.